Welcome to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm a screenwriter and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Jorge Rivera. Jorge's a screenwriter and producer. His first break came with the digital series Rhyme Animal, which led him to writing a number of other web series. He went on to the Fox Writers Intensive, which led to his staffing on the Fox show APB. He also writes and produces True Crime TV and is the vice chair of the Latinx Writers Committee of the WGA. All right, Jorge, thank you for coming on with me today. Thanks for having me. So I think you were working in web development or design prior to your writing career. Uh, What moment cemented in your head that writing was what you wanted to do? And then how did you implement that transition? Sure, that's a great question. Well, let's see. Let's go even further back. Uh, In the 90s, I was a punk rock musician, actually, and had a band that was playing all over New York City, CBGBs and touring. So I thought for the longest time that that was going to be my professional career. You know, we were really trying to do it and go for it. But that fell apart in like the mid 90s. And I've always been curious and interested in storytelling. My parents were my first storytellers and told me lots of sort of urban legends and stuff from Puerto Rico um, and rural legends growing up. And I was always fascinated with mythology and and television, you know, and comic books and movies and, you know, all those things were always resonating with me for the longest time. I guess there was always a block in my brain that was like, well, that's what other, somebody does that. I don't know how to do that. You know, there's, you know, there's a group of people in Hollywood that are special that can do that and and no one else can do that. But in the early 2000, the early aughts, I started experimenting with writing and I did a short film that became a web series with a couple friends called Rhyme Animal, which was about a hip hop MC who happens to be a cannibalistic serial killer. And uh, it was my first foray into actual writing. I had this idea, I had some friends help me execute it. it we, got, we, we made it, it went out to festivals and it was a great sort of amalgam of my musical interests and my storytelling interests. And it, you know, went out to all the festivals at the time. So in like early, this was 2005 ish. And it was the dawn of the YouTube era. YouTube had came out, had just come out. And so there was this whole platform where people were like able to make stuff and put stuff and, and have people watch it. And, and so that was really super exciting. And then there were all these festivals that supported that. It was like the early days of indie film. So we went out to all these festivals, the New York Television Festival, the LA Television Festival, a bunch of others in between. And it was getting a lot of great attention. And I remember specifically the moment uh, when when the switch flipped. It was at the New York Television Festival. They used to hold it in this great space. It was called like something like 55 stages or something like that, I can't remember but it was un- underground and they had these, it was this, they had theaters there and these great like LED walls and, and, and it was crowds of people. And I was surrounded by like hundreds of 
people, both creators, writers, producers, actors, all these different creatives, and, and they were all doing it. And then that that was the moment where I said to myself, this is what I want to do. I, I really love this. I love this energy. I love the people here. And I and it was the it, it was the moment I realized that that the gate that separates people who are doing it from people who aren't doing it isn't necessarily made out of iron the way I thought it was that it was more like made out of wood and you could chip away out of it at it at that wood and and get and get through slip through the cracks and start your career and and it was that moment I guess it was the festival itself how it was honoring all these independent television producers and web series producers who had not yet quite really made it but we're making stuff and that was really great and egalitarian and, and wonderful and, and and it was inspiring so that was the moment and that was like around 2010 ish like four years after i was making starting to make stuff and doing it sort of as a hobby but at that point i was like this is it i could do this this can this is going to be a career and and then shortly after that i, I went back and got my master's for t- in tv writing and producing and a few years later, I, I made the commitment to come to L.A. And since moving to L.A., after that first year, I've been pretty consistently working either as a writer or as a producer. Like, if I want to work, I could find the work. I, I, you know, I, I have turned down work. So I guess the moral of the story is that the first step is believing that you can do it. And, and that first moment where I believed I could do it was somewhere around 2010-ish at the New York Television Festival, just being surrounded by that great, amazing group of people and energy and you know, belief that it can be done. So you've written films, like you mentioned, you've worked on TV, you've done a ton in the true crime space, you're yeah. vice chair of the Latinx Writers Committee at the WGA. Yeah. I think yeah. you've taught, you've mentored screenwriters. I, yeah. I worked with you for a year. Um, you've, you're busy and you've done a lot. How do you balance, how do you balance your various commitments and still allow time to write your own projects? Uh, that's a great question. I think you have to stay highly, I think you have to stay highly organized, right? Like whatever that means for you, keeping a calendar, keeping a notebook, keeping a schedule of some sort and, and looking at it every day and deciding how you're going to spend your time that day or how you're going to spend that, your time that week. You know, and making sure that it's it's a balanced schedule, you know, like, you know, you, you got to make sure that you have time for yourself to, to write and create. And you've got to make sure that, you know, commitments aren't over committed. It's time management, really, like really just spending. A, I, the first thing I do in the morning before anything, I mean, I should exercise and I should probably like go to the gym first or, you know, whatever, meditate or whatever. But like usually one of the first things I do is, is look at my day, look at my schedule. Like what's, what's important? What am I doing today? What's like, I always ask myself, what is the most important thing I need to do? You know, what is the most vital thing? And sometimes that changes my list of to do my to-do list, right? Maybe I realize that something I, I, I have to do for myself is more important than some other commitment I made, but usually, usually I, I, it all works out. So I think time management and really just spending a few minutes every day, looking at your schedule for the day, a few minutes looking ahead through to the week, making sure that you have the time you need to write. If that's what you're doing. Sometimes I take breaks from writing, you know, like 
Uh, there are people who write every single day, regardless, no matter what. I, I don't really, I'm not really one of those people. I, I, I need breaks. You know, my brain needs to rest. I might be thinking about the things I'm writing almost every day, or I might, if I'm not writing, I might be reading about writing or learning something, whatever works for you. Some people have to do it every single day. I, I'm just not one of those people. I, I'm doing something almost every day that that's related to my writing. That's important to give yourself permission to be able to step away, you know, temporarily and kind of recharge and all that. Yeah. You need to take breaks. You need to go on vacation every now and then you need to spend time with family and friends. And, you know, that's really important and live life. Living life is what gives you inspiration to write. But if, if I'm not writing, I'm either writing or I'm reading about writing, or I might be brainstorming about something, or just sometimes I just let things gestate in the back of my brain subconsciously. And sometimes I'm just like completely unplugged. When I'm when I have a piece, when I'm when I have something that I'm excited about, and I kind of have it figured out for the most part in my head. Once I dive into that to to the writing of that thing, that's that usually can last months, and and, you know, and that could be almost every single day. You know, like once I'm really locked into something, you know, for six months I could spend four or five hours a day on it. Sometimes I'm working, I'm being on the payroll of some TV show. And so I, I have to focus on that. And sometimes because of that, I don't do my own writing for months. But if I'm in, in between gigs uh, and I'm working on my own thing, that could become a very uh, all-encompassing process. Once I, dive, once I dive in and I feel like I, I have an idea of where I'm going and I have enough worked out that uh, I could write it, you know, like, I don't like to start writing anything until I have it sort of like at least worked out in my head, like I, I, a map of where I think it's going to go, what I want to say with it, what the characters are going to be. Once I have those basic things, then I can go and write, right? But like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who just starts writing. I tried that early, in the early days and I'd get five pages in and then not know where it was going, you know, mm -hmm. and then I'd have to put it down for six months. So I, I think I've heard you say that you've uh, you applied to the network screenwriting fellowships multiple years before you finally got into the Fox one, yeah. which I think led to getting staffed on the Fox show APB. Yeah, yeah. That's what right. were you, what were you telling yourself year after year to push yourself to continue persevering until you know that success finally happened? You know, I, seeing other people have their success is very motivating. You know, like having seen your friends or your colleagues, or people, your peers, that's very motivating. There's a dark side to that. You could get depressed and jealous, but I, I you know, and that's a human, nat natural human thing to feel. But I, I, I try to push pa past that as quickly as possible and get to like, holy shit, they did it. So I, I should, I need to get my shit together and keep working and doing it. So I think that is a very good motivator, keeping it as positive as possible. I think other people's success is a, is a great way because it also, also it goes back to like the, the, the idea of the wooden, the wooden gatekeeping. It feels attainable. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Just watching other people get succeed is, is like evidence that you can do the same. So that that's the first thing is, is that just like reminding yourself that, 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 that is just evidence and to keep moving forward. The second thing is, is that, you know, then I, then I ask myself, am I working hard enough? Am I working smart enough? Do I have enough information about the craft? And usually the question is, uh, the answer is usually yes, but I can do better. You know, I'll figure out, I, my, my, the learning process never ends for me. Like uh, I'll figure out 
an area that I feel weak in writing wise, and I'll try to learn more about it, whether it be scene construction or character development or dialogue, whatever it is, or, you know, I, I take a couple classes a year. Once I'm taking one right now on procedural writing, because I've always wanted to be better at writing procedurals. You know, it starts with like that evidence that, that that evidence of other people succeeding definitely motivates you. And, you know, some people, for some people, it could be so, it could be discouraging. If you're easily discouraged, you should check it, you should choose another career because this is, uh, there's a thousand no's before you get to the yes. But when you get to the yes, it's magical. In terms of work ethic and habits, what's a piece of advice that you'd give an aspiring screenwriter who might be listening? You have to find what works for you. Not everybody's process is the same, right? There are those people who wake up at 4 a.m. religiously and and write for four hours. I'm not really that person. I wish I was. I tried it. It doesn't work. You have to just find what works for you, but, but always be working on some level. Always. You know, like if you're not actually writing, what else are you doing? Are you... Are you reading a lot of scripts? Like you could spend four hours a day reading scripts. You could spend four hours reading, taking a, a class, sitting under a tree with a notebook, brainstorming. That's also writing, right? Like, I think you just have to constantly be doing something. And if you decide to take a break, you take a break and know that you're on a break and know that there's an end date. Give yourself an end date for that break. You know, I'm going to take a week off or I'm going to take the weekend off or I'm going to take a month off, whatever it is. But, you you know, willy-nilly doesn't work, is my point. It'll never work willy-nilly, right? You just have to have a system that works for you, a process, whatever that is. For me, it's like I'm not always writing, but I'm always working on my writing on some level, Um, even when I'm on vacation. Vacation for me is taking a class and not writing for a little while, or vacation is like reading a book on screenwriting, or vacation is going to the beach and reading – 50 screenplays on my laptop in Cancun or something. You know what I'm saying? Like it it never stops. And, you know, keep having goals for yourself. Like what are your goals? Is your goal to submit to all of the fellowship, writing fellowships? Is your goal to get a job as a writer's assistant? Is your goal to get a, a manager? That's the other part. Like there's the writing and then there's the strategy. What's your strategy for breaking in? And if you're not writing, you could still be working on your strategy. You could be going to events and networking. You could be taking meetings, even if you're not writing. The other half of writing success is your your strategy, right? Like how you network, what, how are you planning to get in? Are you going to try to win a contest? Are you going to try to get into a, a fellowship? Are you going to try to get a writer's PA job? Are you going to try, What you know what I'm saying? It's important to be doing something every day, even if it's not typing interior, blah, blah, blah. You know, just be doing something to progress in even a small step. Yeah. And have an idea of what that strategy is. Like, ask yourself, like, for me, more than one person told me this strategy when I asked about how to break in eight, 10 years ago, whatever it was. They basically, like, an agent said this to me, a successful writer said this to me. They were like, Always be working on your writing. Don't write in a vacuum, first of all. Write with some form of feedback, meaning a teacher, a writer's group, you know, a circle of trusted readers who are better than you, you know, whatever that is, like some kind of feedback loop that will help you become better. 
for me, uh, I worked with Jen Grisanti and uh, another another writing coach, coach by the name of Sarah McLaughlin, and they were instrumental in me becoming a better writer because I started to understand what needed to be on the page for TV, for TV writing for TV scripts, right? I I had been already writing for the digital space and doing web series and it was fun and I was winning awards, but whatever I was putting on the page then wasn't expected from a TV pilot. So I, I, I bridged that learning gap. So that was huge part of my strategy, not writing in a, in a vacuum. That's number one. So the second thing this person told me to do these several people. So I took care of that part. You know, I made sure I was getting, I had a way of getting better. Of, of like actually measuring my improvement. That was because I was working with a couple of coaches and I had a couple friends who were writers and getting notes. So that's the most important thing because you have no idea what you don't know. Sure. You have no idea. And then, but, but working with people who are better than you that do know will make you a better writer and you'll learn what you need to learn. So that's number one. Number two is these people were, they suggested that I should be submitting to contests and to the fellowships. And I started doing that and crickets the first couple of years. But then as I kept doing that over the course of three or four or five years, and also working with my coaches, eventually my scripts got better. And I started getting semifinalists, quarterfinalists, finalists, and then I got in. So working with a, writing teacher and submitting to the fellowships and the contests was a good way of measuring my progress. And I could see every year it was getting better. It was getting closer. So after four years or five years, I finally got into uh, the Fox writers lab. And that was what these people folks told me an agent told me this once and another successful writer told me this once. And they said almost exactly the same thing. So I was like, okay, there must be some to that. So the advice was like, work on your craft, don't do it in a vacuum. Apply to the fellowships and contests. And every year you'll hopefully see an improvement. And I did. And then I got in. And then when I got in, everything started. So that was my strategy. I committed myself to that strategy. And every day I was working on some part of that strategy. And I didn't stop that for about four years. And then it finally paid off. So what you got to decide what that strategy is for yourself, whoever, you know, the, the folks listening. There's different ways to break in. There are the fe- fellowships, there are the contests, there are these pl- great platforms now that, that weren't really around when I was doing it called like Coverfly, Screencraft, Stage 32. Like mm-hmm. I see a lot of people having success with those. I know people who do those platforms, submit to those competitions got on the map of, got on the radar of the people who run those things and, that those, and they eventually got a manager and they eventually got staffed. I know a couple of stories like that. So, and that didn't exist for me five, seven years ago. So that's another way to do it. If, you know, fellowships, competitions, platforms like stage, like, like Coverfly, um, you know, another way to go at it is trying to get a writer's PA or a writer's assistant job. Those are really tough because there are fewer of those jobs than actual writing jobs because there's like three assistants for every 10 writers in a writer's room. But I also know people who have done that. You know, you have to decide what your strategy is and you have to commit to it and you have to go hard because the only thing that works is persistence and a clear vision of how you want to go about doing it. 
because again, willy like I said earlier, willy nilly is just not going to get anywhere, anyone anywhere. Uh, anything that anything else that you want to talk about or plug before we go? Not at the moment. I you know I I don't have anything exciting to announce yet. You know I'm I'm pitching a few things. Hopefully there's some some progress there but there's there's nothing i could write home about or talk about yet i guess my parting words is that you know like being in film and television is is not for the faint of heart it's really it's it is a really tough gig to get and a lot of people struggle uh but it is an incredible feeling when you're when you actually when you're actually getting paid to do it there's nothing better than getting a paycheck to go to a writer's room or on zoom or in person and, and make stuff up all day. Like you did when you were like 12 years, like five years old, playing with your action figures, making up stories basically and getting them, you know, scripts, those scripts written and then having famous people say your words and then seeing all that stuff on, on a screen and having people react to it is unbelievable. It's magical, but it's a tough gig and you have to have a, it's, it's definitely a marathon kind of situation, right? If you're expecting to be successful overnight, pick another thing because it's, it's hard. I mean, not that it doesn't happen, but, but it's rare. And um, just find a way to pay the bills and to feel joy in your life for, on the journey instead of frustration and, and bitterness. It's easier said than done because I'm a human being and I feel it sometimes, but ima- just imagine it's going to take four, five, seven, eight, ten years no, it's going to take something like that, a minimum of three years. Make sure you have a roof over your head, like whatever that means. Like if you're going to drive an Uber, drive an Uber. There's no shame in that. And just keep working at it while you're at it and find find the joy in the journey, like whatever it is that your life is. Surround yourself by, with family and friends and things that you love to do besides the writing because it, it's it's a lot of ups and downs. But But that being said, it's doable. It's not a gate made of iron. It's made out of wood. You could chip away at it. You can get slipped through the cracks. It happens. You just have to really um, be undeniable in your craft. First of all, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to be undeniable in your writing and in the ideas that you're pitching and just be prepared for the long haul. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Cool, man. This is fun. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.